You were living your life, climbing the ladder and carving out a career for yourself. You had big plans and big ideas. And then you had a baby and everything changed. Just like that. All of it came to a screeching halt. Maybe you kept working or maybe you stayed home. Either way, your world suddenly became very small. And though you were never alone, you were always lonely. You silently asked yourself, where did I go? Who is that tired looking woman staring back at me in the mirror? Until you remembered something very important. You aren't just a mother. You are a mother plus artist, a mother plus entrepreneur, a mother plus musician, a mother plus yogi. You can have an identity outside of motherhood. My name is Stacy Hudson. I'm a mother to two under four, plus writer, certified health coach, aspiring entrepreneur, and athlete. My name is Stephanie Springer. I'm a mother to 10 and 15-year-old girls, plus writer, music therapist, producer, singer, and teacher. Here, we will interview mom bosses, entrepreneurs, artists, athletes, and passionate hobbyists and talk about how to find the thing that lights you up again. You're in there. We know it. You just have to find her again. Welcome to the Mother Plus Podcast. Hello, all, and welcome to the Mother Plus Podcast. We are so happy you are here. Today, we have something a little bit different for you. It is a Stace and Steph episode. However, we are not actually together and we won't be talking to each other. Steph is actually recovering from surgery currently. So if you have a chance to reach out to her and wish her good vibes and good health, then you should. Until we can get back together again, we have recorded our own little mini episode on the same subject. And that subject is meltdowns tantrums, breakdowns, losing our shit. Not our children's meltdowns, our meltdowns. Steph will be starting and then about halfway through it'll switch to me and you will see our different perspectives on the subject and I think that you guys are going to get something out of this and maybe laugh, maybe cry, maybe judge us. I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, We are looking forward to your feedback though. So without further ado, here's Stephanie. Welcome to the Mother Plus Podcast. I'm Stephanie Springer. Today on this mini episode, I'm going to be talking about meltdowns. Meltdowns are something that pretty much every mom is familiar with, except today I'm not talking about our kids' meltdowns. I'm talking about our meltdowns, the mother meltdowns. So I had a meltdown last week. I have to admit, I've been writing about my own meltdowns as a parent since... mm, becoming a mom. I guess I feel like every time I've written a story about having a meltdown, it's sort of a way for me to process my own feelings of guilt and shame and embarrassment. And it's sort of an absolution. When I share my meltdown stories, it takes the sting out of it. And I used to have a lot. I used to have a lot of meltdowns. Um, Most of the time they happen in the mornings. Um, That's just kind of the way it is for me. And now that my girls are 10 and 15, I think I sort of thought maybe the meltdown era was over for me, um, but not to be. So we had sick kids last week, just a run-of-the-mill cold, and my husband and I had to reshuffle our schedules around for a few days to stay home with our youngest child. On the third day, I sent her back to school. She was fever-free, she had a negative COVID test, and it was just time to go back. 
So partway through my day, I get a phone call that she was in the clinic and I needed to pick her up. And you guys, I was pissed. I was pissed because I had plans for myself because it was supposed to be the first day in a week that I had the house to myself, that my kids were back at school. And I exercised, I did Pilates on my living room floor. I was just about to dig in to work, sitting in my bed to write and edit and work on this podcast. And I got the call and I was just pissed because it derailed the rest of my day. Um, I got to school and I was kind of an asshole. And I was bitchy to the nurse, like, you know, no fever and no COVID. And like, how long are we supposed to keep these kids at home? I was just, I was rude. And I kind of yelled at my daughter, like, you're going to have to sit in front of the TV because I've got work to do. I just, I was a jerk. And I immediately apologized to her once I got my blood pressure under control. I actually sent a message to the school nurse apologizing to her. And I just, I felt really embarrassed and ashamed of myself and as an addendum, the next day when my daughter went back to school, we forgot her instrument for band day. So at the end of my first morning class, I called the school and I was like, uh, has band already happened? Because I just found my kid's instrument in the car. And she said, no, it hasn't happened yet. And I said, oh, great. Can I just bring the instrument by school? I'm just having a mom fail kind of week. And the woman on the other end said, I'm not joking. Oh, is this Stephanie? Like, I truly had cornered the market on meltdowns and mom fails. So I've created a new hashtag. Hashtag fail like a mother. Uh, please join me in, in using this all over the internet. So as I was kind of recovering from this meltdown that I had, and like I felt like I had to apologize to my kids, my husband, the school. Um, and I did all those things, right? Like I made restitution, but it really caused me to reflect on my long history of, of meltdowns. And it made me remember that one of the first pieces I ever wrote, um, sort of showing my hand as a hot mess mom slash asshole mom, was for a publication called Mama Load. And it was called Mean Mommy. And I'm just going to read you a little excerpt of it. Um, because why not celebrate my, my ongoing failures, right? Okay, Mean Mommy. The phrase, I am not a morning person, took on new meaning when I became a mother. Mornings seemed to be the time of day when my maternal ineptitude manifests in all its frenetic glory, frequently highlighted by misplaced items, sibling squabbles, poor personal hygiene efforts, and undeniable tardiness. Worse yet, sometimes they turn me into mean mommy. One unfortunate morning last winter, things came to a head. With 15 minutes remaining before it was time to leave for school and work, we couldn't find our first grader's lunchbox or her coat. I inwardly scolded myself for not having them ready the night before and frantically attempted to locate her sister's shoes. As the kids waited patiently, I did the post-loading sprint of shame back into the house twice to retrieve several essential items, my iPhone and coffee mug, which are clearly not optional. To my horror, the last few scrambles put us further off the mark than I had realized, and we were dangerously close to the bus arrival time. As we reached the end of the street, I watched in slow motion an event I had not witnessed before, the school bus pulling away from the stop. And true to my mother of the year status, I uttered the following sentence. We just missed the fucking bus. 
Yes, my two children were in the car. It got worse. I began to shout, choking back tears about how I couldn't have any more mornings like this and how I may have been sick of not being able to find shit all the time. I was on a roll. My six-year-old's eyes were wide. She knew this was serious. I was fuming as we drove away from my toddler's childcare center and my daughter was in tears, worrying about whether she would be late for school. I snapped at her, having hit my limit, and was rewarded by the karmic misfortune of driving over a cumbersome cluster of branches on the road. The unpleasant scraping noise under the van informed me we were dragging it. Letting loose with another expletive, I sighed loudly and stomped out of the car to free the unwieldy bunch from the undercarriage. Shut up, I yelled at the small dog who was yapping frantically at the crazy woman entering his territory. Yes, I am that big of an asshole. I shouted dachshunds. Re-entering the car to the soundtrack of my daughter's crying, I realized I had to get it together. Izzy, I began, you need to stop freaking out. I had an out-of-body experience as I watched the words float out of my mouth. The glaring hypocrisy smacked me in the face, but it was too late to take my duplicitous words back. As we pulled up to school, I was horrified to see the icing on the cake of my maternal failure. Flocks of children were entering the building in their pajamas. Because it was pajama day at school. Was my child wearing pajamas? Of course not. I wanted to rewind the morning and end up back in bed. Or fast forward the whole day and end up back in bed. Either one. So there you have it. I have to say, guys, reading this out loud (laughs) sort of makes me want to cry. And it also sort of strikes me at how, you know, so much has changed with the stage of parenting I'm at. But yet... Nothing pushes me to my boiling point quite like the fact that I have just fucked everything up, you know, and when I when I lose it, when I snap at, you know, my husband or the school nurse, it's because I'm so goddamn angry at myself, right? My meltdowns are always when I perceived that I have have failed. Um, So I have another quick story or part of a story about a road trip that I took alone with my children, alone with my children, funny, huh? They were two and seven. I did not have a co-parent or a co-pilot. It was just me. And uh, this is the end of our, this is the end of our trip. A few hours into our drive home, wind and snow came out of nowhere. Unfortunately, my oldest child was terrified of wind and inclement weather. As the wind violently whipped snow and debris across the Nebraska freeway, my co-pilot sat in the back seat with her headphones on, a sensory deprivation blanket tent covering her entire body, and cried. Next to her, my toddler was oblivious, watching a marathon of decade-old Wiggles videos, whilst chirping expletives and grinding veggie straws to an organic, grimy pulp in her car seat. After an ill-timed toddler poop request and some rest-stop hysteria, I decided to stop for the night an hour earlier than planned. We looked utterly ridiculous attempting to unload our belongings, fast food wrappers whipping across the parking lot, comedically dropping items over and over in an effort to manually close the automatic van doors that were paralyzed by wind. Somehow, I needed to make it 50 feet across the parking lot with my children, our overnight bag, bed rail, portable potty seat, grocery bag of snacks, laptop bag, and pillow pets. When we collapsed inside the building, all three of us were laughing hysterically, overcome by relief and the absurdity of our situation. Unfortunately, the moment of levity ended abruptly when I was unable to unlock our room. Remember when hotels changed their key cards so you could simply hold them in front of the door and it unlocks? 
Yeah, I pried everywhere, trying to find the key slider and inadvertently breaking the top off. I dropped the bags on the ground, particularly mindful of the creepy hungover and possibly on drugs guy who was staggering around the hall like an extra on the set of The Walking Dead. We needed to get inside that room, now. I quickly realized just how fragile my bravado was, as it shattered. Finally comprehending the key, I heaved our bags through the door. Shady dude was rapidly approaching and I was sweating profusely. I snagged my shirt on the doorknob and bashed my back into the doorframe as grapes rolled across the carpet. I lost it. I slammed the door and unleashed what was likely the cause of my toddler's new vocabulary word. Crying uncontrollably, I herded my bewildered children inside. I stepped over the spilled bags, locked myself in the bathroom, and sobbed with the fear and shame of having failed at my effort to be super road trip mom who kept it all together. I'd stayed calm during the wind crisis, helped my anxious daughter, and gotten us into the building. The stress finally caught up with me, and I had nothing left. My previous confidence and competence vanished. I did the thing I hated most as a parent. I showed my hand. I let them see how hard it was. I exposed my flaws, my frailty, my edges. It took years for me to come to terms with my guilt over that literal dark night of the soul. I had wanted so badly to prove that I was competent to handle all situations, that I was unflappable, level-headed, and serene. But you know what? That is not the mother my children got. This mother is wildly sensitive, emotional, expressive. So as I kind of revisit that night, I, I have more compassion for myself because one of the things I realized was that despite the fact that I wanted to be this stoic, patient, put-together mom, I wasn't, and I'm not. I am creative and expressive and wildly emotional, and um, I'm flappable, you guys. As much as I want to be unflappable, I am fucking flappable. And I'm really embarrassed by that, because for me, no matter how hard I try, I'm a control freak in sheep's clothing. I'm a tightly wound, neurotic, sweary mess trying to pass herself off as like a chill mom. And... I think maybe I need to be done trying to pass myself off as a chill mom. And when I fail, when I yell at the school nurse, I apologize. When I take shit out on my kids that doesn't belong to them, I tell them. I let them know. Like, hey, I am in a bad mood. It's not your fault. This is a me problem. Or I'm really sorry for losing it. I think that making things right is about the best I can do. But I think one of the things that's really taken the sharp edge off of that particular failure is it's not giving myself carte blanche to just be an asshole, right? Um, it's accepting that my tendency is to run hot, that my tendency is I have a short fuse. Um, I'm not going to freeze my kids out ever. I'm not going to lie to them or hide from them. So this is the flip side of that quality, right? Sometimes they're going to see me at my ugliest. And... I want to end this with some sort of like a 10 tips to keep it together when you're losing your shit. I want to end this with like how to keep cool and not have a meltdown, but I've got nothing. Um, I think the only thing I can walk away with is to have compassion for ourselves. If nothing else, the next time you have a meltdown, know that you are not alone. She wouldn't put her pants on for the seventh day in a row. They're too itchy, she screams. They're too tight. After wearing leggings for her entire four years and three months on this earth, 
come December 2021, she had decided that she no longer could handle them. Pants, that is. The line on the inside, i.e. the seam, the thing that holds the pants together, was digging into her butt. And no matter how many different types of pants I had purchased for her, the soft cozy lined ones, the organic cotton ones, the ones that came up when I googled best pants for kids with sensitive skin, all of them were unacceptable. She refused to wear pants in the dead of winter in Colorado. I'd been so proud of how I had handled this pants strike in the beginning. We had calm conversations about how we can figure this out together, followed by us sweetly sitting together on the floor in a room at night, separating the pants into piles, the one she didn't like and the one she did. However, Morning Charlie did not agree with Evening Charlie, as the following day she yet again refused to put on her pair of pants from her like pile. I asked her in the car one day, after the pants had been begrudgingly applied, how do your pants feel now, Charlie? To which she answered, you know what, Mom? They're not so bad once you've been wearing them for a while. I thought we had a breakthrough. Wrong. The next day was no different. I consulted her Montessori school when I had run out of my own ideas. They encouraged me to send her to school in no pants in January in Colorado, but have them stuffed in her backpack so that she could come to her own conclusion about how cold she will feel without pants in the winter. Natural consequences of her actions. Brilliant, I thought. To that, she chose to wear her snow pants in the car and then remove her pants when she got to school. I guess that was a solution, but obviously didn't sit well with me because of what unfolded on the following day. The day that I had reached my wit's end. The day that I broke down. Okay, Charlie, time to put your pants on. She half attempts to put one leg in before whining that they are too tight, to which I assure her that they are not, that I have spent upwards of $75 on pants on her for the last month in varying sizes and varying fabrics, and that plenty of children around the world are happily wearing the same pants she has without complaint. When she threw her pants off and declared she would not wear pants today, the worst happened. I screamed and slammed the floor for added effect between each word. Put your pants on now! Pretty sure spit came flying out of my mouth on that last word, as if I were a fire-breathing dragon ready to pounce. She, of course, started sobbing, as any four-year-old would who had just experienced the wrath of scary dragon mommy. I proceeded to pick up her little sister, muttered to her, figure it out, Charlie, left the room, and shut slash slammed the door. I went to the bottom of the stairs and started sobbing myself. And then the strangest thing happened. Charlie shuffled down the stairs, came straight to me, and wrapped her arms around me. I looked at her and said, I just don't understand, Charlie. Why can't you put your pants on? Why is this so hard? She looked at me and said, I don't know, Mommy, and pulled me in for another, this time longer, hug. And she just held me there. I was totally disarmed. I had never seen my incredibly feisty daughter, who had experienced the terrible twos from age 18 months to three and a half, exemplify this level of poise and composure. It was like she knew this was the only answer for right now, 
to just hold each other. And all I could think of is that I had done this for her countless times in the past through all of her tantrums, and I guess she realized that it was my turn for a tantrum and therefore a hug. Oh boy, that was hard to share. Motherhood is a bitch. It'll totally rock your world and make you see yourself in ways that you have never seen yourself before. I mean, obviously there's some comedy in, in you know, the craziness that is toddlers and um, it's fun to write about it and kind of make light of the situation. But really at the heart of it is the fact that um, moms, just like toddlers or young children, have their meltdowns and their tantrums as well because we are at our wits end and we just can't take it anymore. I never thought I'd be a parent who yells. I am not a combative person. I do not like conflict. I do not like raising my voice. Um, I could probably count on one hand the number of times I have been in like an honest to goodness fight with somebody in my whole life. And then I became a mom and suddenly I met this new side of myself, this monster that just comes out when you just have hit your limit. And it's scary because it's, you just, you're just, I felt unrecognizable to myself the first time I, I like yelled at my daughter, like really yelled at her. And I was like, what just happened? Who, who was that? It's kind of like an out of body experience. You're like, oh my God, you shake it off and you're like, that's never happening again. And then it does. And, and it was happening all too often um, for me. And I really have worked through it a lot. I actually went to therapy for it and I can see the bigger picture now. And I'm really proud of myself for how far I've come and recognizing that I had this side of myself I didn't know about that my beautiful daughters brought out in me. I've done something about it. I did something about it because I refused to be the type of mom who yelled all the time. I refused to see the way my daughter looked at me when I did that. And it's hard to talk about because we can joke about having our own meltdowns and losing your shit on your kid. But when you really get down to it, you're admitting that the adult in the situation, the mother, the person who's supposed to be more mature than the child is losing her temper. The very thing that we are constantly trying to prevent our children from doing when they're having a tantrum, they're screaming, maybe kicking the ground. In my daughter's case, she's slamming her head on the ground. Uh, we roll our eyes. We're annoyed. We think to ourselves, this is not a big deal. Why are they acting like this? Why can't they just keep it together? And here we are losing it on them. It's, it's embarrassing to admit it. You know, it's never really okay. You can never say, this is an acceptable form of behavior, but the reason we get to this point usually is like a mixture of exhaustion and you just don't have any patience left. They've taken it all away. In this particular situation, I was trying to reason with somebody who's unreasonable. I think so often that happens is that our children 
are maybe maturing a little bit and then we think they are capable of having rational thoughts all the time. And I tried to keep my patience with her throughout this whole pants strike. And it was never about trying to reason with her. She's having an unreasonable thought, an unreasonable problem, which is I refuse to wear pants when it's cold because every type of pant is is too itchy for me. And I can't figure out the way her mind works. That's not the point. When I think sometimes we try to stoop to their level to do that. The point is I have to work through my shit so that I am not losing it on her partially developed brain. I just feel like for me, the the ways that I have really overcome losing my temper at my kids is one, talking about it with friends and with my husband is huge, not feeling like you can't talk about it because the more I talk about what I did and what I was feeling at the time or even journaling about it, the more I understand why. And then it prevents me from doing it again because I can recognize it ahead of time. But then the other thing, really, it doesn't seem like it's connected, but I truly believe that when you are unfulfilled as a mother, especially being a stay-at-home mom and your whole life is them and it's not enough for you, it's, it's easy to be an angry person, an angry mom. It's easy to lose your temper because you're working your ass off 24 hours a day for these kids. And again, they're kids. They, they're not supposed to be respectful of you all the time um, or act in sane ways because they're, they're not fully developed yet. It's not their fault. But from your perspective, it's just, you know, how dare they make life even harder for you than it already is? How dare they not appreciate all the things you've done for them? And now you're just, you're just angry. You're resentful. And for me, doing this podcast has changed so much for me in my motherhood, especially losing my temper and having the meltdowns. I am so much happier now. I'm so much happier. I cannot tell you how much I am. I'm just not as tense. I actually ironically enjoy being with my kids more since starting a podcast where we often talk about not being with our kids and needing to get away from them. It's so ironic, right? I'm like more present with them. I'm enjoying their company more. And it's because I'm a fuller person and all of my eggs are not in their basket, if that makes sense. So that's my take on mom meltdowns. And it's this is very hard to talk about because you could easily judge me as a terrible person, a terrible mom for screaming at my children. But you could also easily say that you do the same or have done the same and you are so happy that somebody else is talking about it and it makes you feel like you can talk about it as well. Um, I'm not saying we should keep screaming at our kids. I'm saying we should talk about it and figure out why we're screaming at our kids. (laughs) So please, me and Steph love your feedback, like live for it. So send us an email, 
comment on our Instagram or DM us. Tell us about your meltdowns and tell us about how you're coping with them. We want to hear from you. And if you felt like this episode hit a, um, hit a note for you, if it resonated with you, we as moms are doing the best we can. I truly believe that we, we just have to not hold it in so much and uh, share it with each other so that we cannot feel so alone. And hugs, hugs help. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was another episode of the Mother Plus podcast, and we will talk next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mother Plus podcast. I know you're all busy moms with better things to do, but if you can find it in your heart to rate and subscribe to the podcast, it would mean everything to us. Stacy and I are bringing new episodes to you every Monday, and we cannot wait to see you back here again. Until then, you can visit us on Instagram at mother underscore plus underscore podcast or www.motherplusser.com, where you can submit your ideas for this show, read our gritty yet heartfelt motherhood stories, and find out more about the Mother Plusers we have on this show. Catch you next time, friends.